Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. We come today to the next to the last in our worship and preaching on learning to breathe underwater. We've been thinking about how the 12 steps known so well to the recovery community can actually help us better understand our own Christian journey of salvation and what we call sanctification or being made well, being made whole. Uh, We remember from several weeks ago this little four-part movement that undergirds all of our recoveries, whether we're talking about recovery from addiction or recovery from sin in general. uh, general, uh, We suffer to get well, we surrender to win, we die to live, we give it away to keep it. Do you remember that? We suffer to get well, we surrender to win, we die to live, we give it away to keep it. The 12 steps on the journey, on the 12-step journey, and the movement of God's saving grace that we find in Jesus both fit this dynamic so very well. Now, we know that uh, none of this stuff is cookie-cutter, okay? None of it is. We are all on the same journey, but each of our journeys is very unique. They're all so very unique. There is much to be gained from naming these steps and from intentionally working with the grace of God that we find in Jesus. That's what we're talking about. Rather than just passively hoping things will get better, we're interested in actively working, cooperating with the grace of God that we find in Jesus. Today we come to the last of the 12 steps. We look at step 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry it out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics, as they would say in AA, or as we say, to sinners, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. We're talking about spiritual awakening, aren't we? A spiritual awakening, a true transformation which comes from living in close personal contact with the God whom we meet in Jesus. Let's pray together before we hear from Ephesians chapter 4. Oh God, we give you thanks for your presence with us today. We're so very grateful for the privilege of worship, of being in your house, of hearing your word, and being filled by your grace as we seek to live as your people. Open our hearts and minds now, O Lord, to what you say to us today. We give ourselves to you that you may put us to work for others. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's hear from Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24. Let's hear the word of God. 
Now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance and hardness of heart. They have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. This is not the way you learned Christ, for surely you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Now, if you go and read this thing in the Greek, and even in the English, you can see a really beautiful back and forth in the verb tenses, in the verbs. We wonder as we read it, who is acting? Who's the primary actor? We, we had that first, you, you put away your old self, self, you clothe yourself in the new self, but then we had be renewed, you be renewed, you can't do the renewing, that happens to you. Who does the renewing? Jesus does the renewing through the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. But somehow, we have to let it happen. The putting off of the old and the putting on of the new, that can't really happen unless you are being renewed. And you can't be renewed unless you let that happen, putting off the old and taking up the new. Which comes first? It's the age-old question, isn't it? How does, this, how does all of this work for us? And that's the point of the whole thing. Realizing all of this leads, can lead to a spiritual awakening, a transformation which happens as we offer ourselves more and more completely to God. What does it mean to be saved? Well, first of all, we discover we are being saved. Something is happening to us, and we are simultaneously cooperating with it. It is God at work within us to will and to work God's good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13. The 12-step recovery experience gets people to that kind of a place in the same way that our Christian spiritual disciplines and practices should get us to that kind of a place. But it is a journey, and it is not for the faint of heart. Today, I have a good friend with me, a fellow sinner being saved by Jesus. His name is Carter Trout. Carter, come sit with us up here. Uh, Carter has grown up in this church. He is uh, the third of four generations of this family in our church. He is the father of Rose, son of Kim and Lytle, and we're glad to have Carter here with us this morning. Carter's going to share with us a little bit about his journey of faith and recovery. Carter, would you share with us? Absolutely. Thank you, Drew. Um, yeah. First... Very humble to be here. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, like Drew, I want to uh, first say, I'm just trying really hard not to say anything stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, um, my, my journey with uh, recovery has been a long one. Um, I, have, I have tried to deal with uh, my addiction for over, over 14 years now. Um, and so the thing that I can reflect the most on um, that has made the biggest impact on my journey this time, um, just being my fifth try, fifth try at being sober. Um, and had some stints, 
had some, had some length of recovery, um, but there was always something missing, um, which would lead me to relapse, right? It would lead me to go back out. Um, and this time, I had to really kind of get honest with myself, um, which is the most important part of that, and, and, and kind of come to the realization that I never truly had a dependence on God at all. I really didn't have a, um, a relationship with him at all. Um, in fact, I, I just really thought that I could just do it on my own. Um, I could just go to meetings and work the steps, and I'd just do it the Carter way. And it's, it's, it's not, it didn't work like that. I, I have to rely on God. I have to build a relationship with him, and um, I have to actively, like you were talking about, um, participate in a life that seeks him. Um, and hit, like you talked about in step 11, um, that's sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with him. I have to work on that. That takes practice. Um, and just like any skill or trade, that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of practice. I have to practice praying. I have to practice seeking his will for me um, instead of my own because I'm, I'm very self-centered. I think we all are. That's where sin comes from. It's self-centeredness. Um, it comes from our ego. And when I let, let go of that and I seek God's will, um, things tend to get a little bit better. Yeah. You, you've been on this journey since you were 19, 19. right? Mm-hmm. 19 years old, dealing with addiction. Mm-hmm. And also trying, as you say, the Carter way uh, for <laughs> right. recovery. Mm-hmm. That whole time, 14 years of that. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth time? Correct. And, uh, and it's different. You've, you've shared a lot with me about how this is very different than I the have, four times no. before. <clears throat> Tell us about what's making it so different this time. Uh, well, I didn't realize it until I was sitting in a jail cell, okay. to be honest. Um, and I, I felt like... Um, and I went, had to go back to jail and do some jail time sober. Um, normally, I wake up in jail and get sober, but, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, dealing with alcoholism and addiction. But this time, I had to go back and just finish some wreckage of my past. And I, I felt very fulfilled in my recovery. Um, I knew that there was a lot of things happening that were different. Um, situations had changed. Circumstances were different. Um, but something just really wasn't, something wasn't there. I, I didn't feel like my cup was full. Um, I remember talking to Dad about it, and was like, I, I don't really know what that is. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find out that, like, I felt like my cup's only three quarters full. I, I, I need that other quarter. I, I, don't, I don't feel completely happy. I don't feel satisfied um, with where I'm at. I'm happy. I mean, things are going well. I, you know, I was saying this, and, and, but I just don't feel like I'm just over, just, just, my, my cup's not full. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, there was a series of events that happened to me while in jail um, that led me to come to the realization um, that I was missing the love of God in my life. I was missing Jesus. I was missing a spiritual connection with my higher power. Um, and that was one thing that I'd never really, um, my ego wouldn't let me do that. And you grew up in church your whole life. My whole life. Every and Sunday, shirt and tie. Every Sunday, shirt and tie. Every Sunday, whole shirt life. and tie. Whole life. And yet here you are in jail yep. last year. Mm-hmm. And finding out that this is missing, yeah. that this I, thing yeah. that should have been there is, Correct. is missing. Yeah. And it talks about that in the 12th step, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Um, you know, that spiritual awakening is, is what kind of, for me, everything is different for different people, but it realized for myself that I cannot live life without a relationship with God. I just, I just can't do it. I don't yeah. care what it is. I don't care what dealings you deal with, what struggles you have. Um, God's going to be the one to pull me through and, and guide me. So um, that, was a, that, was, that was my spiritual awakening, was that I need a spiritual life. Yeah. So. Yeah, t- just quickly tell us about 
you you were reading a book while somebody gave you a book while you were in jail. Yeah. You were really just overwhelmed by this book, and then who was the preacher at <clears throat> the next worship service in, right. in jail? Right, right, right. So um, I believe it was a Thursday night, or, or no, it was, it was a Friday morning, um, and uh, a buddy of mine that I sat at, at chow with um, had said, hey, we got Bible study tonight. Do you want to go? And my immediate thought was, heck no, I'm not going to Bible study. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, well, Friday night rolled around, and they came to gather, gather us up, whoever wanted to go, and that guy and one other person was the only one that lined up, um, and uh, something, something, something hit me here and was like, you should go. So I got up out of my bunk, put my book down, and uh, I, I was reading a book uh, written by Steve Austin, um, who I little did I know was actually a big part of New Vision Baptist here in yeah. town. Um, and uh, I was like, all right, well, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. I'll, I'll get out of the pod for an hour. Um, and so I went, and uh, the guy that was doing, leading the Bible study, I, I don't care if he, he would have been trying to teach us about how perfect the linoleum on the floor was. I, I would have gone and bought that linoleum when I left, right? I mean, it, it was that convicting, right? It was just, it was that passionate. And I was hanging on to every word. And his knowledge of the Bible and his love for Jesus was just so imminent. It was like, this is crazy. I don't care what this man's talking about. Whatever he's trying to sell, I'm buying. Yeah. I know. Um, and so the next, the next night, Saturday night, um, yeah, that same, same buddy of mine came to my bunk, and he said, hey, we got church in the morning. Do you want to go? I said, no, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm going to be out in a few days anyways. I'm just going to sleep my few days away, and I'll be gone. I, I won't even be here anymore. He said, okay, well, um, if you change your mind, I said, you know what? Screw it. Uh, just come get me. Make sure I'm up in the morning for church. I said, okay. He said, okay. So he came back, and that Sunday morning he came, and he, he made sure I was up. And then again, I bucked it. Uh, and he came, and he said, hey, man, you going to go to church? You told me to wake you up. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go back to sleep. I'm tired. Um, you know, they woke us up at 4.30 for breakfast. I'm, I'm going to go back to sleep. Um, and uh, so, something again, it just, I don't, I can't explain it, but something was pulling at my heartstrings that said, just, just go, just go. And I, I got up and I said, all right, yeah, I'll go. So we get lined up and we're getting led down the hall in the jail. <clears throat> and uh, the guy turns around and he goes, hey, you'll, you're, I'm so glad you decided to come. You'll never guess who's going to be here. I said, oh, yeah, who's coming? He said, Steve Austin's going to come <laughs> preach. <laughs> the I one said, who wrote the book. The one who wrote the reading. book that I'm reading yeah. to pass my time yeah. in jail. And I'm like, what? Really? And he said, yeah, he's going to be here to preach this morning. I said, Wow. Uh, so it was just those series of events that was like God was screaming at me, like, you, I am what you're missing. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, just listen. Um, and it was very evident to me then, those series of events in a place that I'm, last place I want to be is yeah. God showing himself to me through yeah. other people. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I was quite moved when he told me that story some time ago now that, that just to see God acting in that way and moving in the jail and to be able to walk into that worship service and to hear from the man who'd been who had written this book that was so helpful to you mm -hmm. I, god was definitely trying to get your attention and, he was and you've listened you've very listened, much and uh, we praise god for that amen and, and we see uh, i see because we've been talking about this a major change this is different than the other four times of recovery mm -hmm. this is a very different carter this is not the carter way mm -mm. this is the jesus way and uh, is it perfect? Jesus is perfect, but there will be uh, stumbles and bumbles along the way, certainly. 
but it's different. It's different. Very much so. One of the things that makes it different is, is step 11, prayer and meditation mm -hmm. and our conscious <clears throat> contact with God. Tell us about the role of prayer and meditation in your journey this time. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, it took a lot of practice, um, and it took a lot of suggestions. Um, throughout my journey in recovery, there was always suggestions being given. Um, that you, you, it would be good for you to do this. You should do that. Well, of course, every one of those, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I know how to do this. I've been here, and I've done this before. My ego was yeah. up here, right? I, I can do this. I got this. I've been to rehab. I've heard it all. Uh, yeah. I'm doing it my way. So I finally took some suggestions. I did some things that I had done before. Um, I listened to other people and how they did it. Um, and uh, it got me out of myself, um, which is what I needed in order to get into uh, a loving relationship with God and just to take, take guidance and, and, and um, take, some, take some initiative from somebody else. But um, I took practice. I hit every day. I wake up and I pray. I hit my knees before I do anything, and I pray. Um, there's two sets of prayers that I say every morning that uh, helps guide me in my daily life. Um, it's a third step prayer. Uh, it goes, God, take my will in my life. Guide me in my recovery and show me how to live just for today. Because that's all I have is today. You know, things can be different tomorrow. But if I'm living in God's will today, typically my life, my day, my life that day is going to go how it's supposed to. Because nothing happens in God's world without you know, his saying, it goes with the way he wants it to go and when he wants, wants it to go that way. So the, the other one is, is the seven-step prayer, and it's, um, God, I am now ready that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you should remove every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. And that gets me out of my character defects. It gets me out of my shortcomings before I even start my day, because on any given day, I can be a liar, a cheater, a steater, a manipulator. Um, you know, I can, I can be full of sin every single day that I wake up. It's a different day. And so the best thing for me to do is ask for God's will. And please, for the love of God, take these sins away from me before yeah. I start. Because I can get, you know, I can get in a bad mood or I can, you know, something can change the way that I'm, I'm you know, at the aspect of my day. Um, so if I can get outside of my character defects first before I even eat breakfast, <laughs> um, typically things will, uh, I, t I tend to handle life a little bit better because uh, we're all human, right? Yeah. We all get upset about things or things don't go our way. Um, and that leads me to what we were talking about in the Sunday school class that my parents teach is we had a word that we were studying and my word was acceptance. Um, and acceptance is a key to my serenity. Uh, as long as I learn to accept everything and everyone in my life or in and around me, I can be okay with that. Yeah. I don't have to control or change things or want things my way. Um, I can let Drew be Drew, and I can, I can let my brothers be my brothers, and I can be, let my sisters be my sisters, and I will be absolutely okay with that. But. Did y'all hear, uh, let me get out of myself before I even eat breakfast? <laughs> That's a good word for all of us to hear, I think, to get out of ourselves before we even eat breakfast in the morning. That's a powerful, powerful image. Carter, you have you see the twelve steps as uh, a three-part movement. Uh, <laughs> yes. Richard Rohr gives a four-part movement that we 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 suffer to get well, we surrender to win, we die to live, we give it away to keep it. Carter says, "Tell us what you say." It, it's it's a three-part: trust God, clean house, help others. Yeah. Um, and, and I was just telling Drew the correlation that we talk about in recovery is, 
it, let's say, take, take a dinner meal. Say you go out to dinner, you get an appetizer. Your appetizer is going to be steps one, two, and three. It's the beginning. It's the first things you do. The first thing you got to do is trust God. The first thing you do is admit that powerlessness, admit that problem, and surrender, um, and get everything out of the way, and trust that God's got you where you need to be. That's the appetizer. Steps four through nine is like an entree. It's like your meat and taters. Um, and and that, that's where you're going to do the cleaning of your house. That's the hard work that's of cleaning. Hard, it, hardcore inside work where you're yeah. working, really working on yourself um, and, and finding out what I've done wrong, the wrongs I've made, four and five, my character defects, my shortcomings, six and seven, the amends I need to make, eight and nine, who have I wronged? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what apologies do I need to make so that I can, I can be okay because I make apologies for me, not you. Mm-hmm. That cleans my side of the street. So I clean my house steps four through nine, and then the dessert, 11, uh, 10 through 12. It's, it's, the sweet, it's, the sweet taste of, it's the sweet taste of recovery because like Jesus, um, all, he, all his purpose was was to help others. It's literally all he did. He did nothing for himself. Yeah. Um, and that's really the best way for me to get outside of myself is if I'm self-centered, I need to get selfless. So I need to live my life for other people, not for myself. And the way that we do that is, is um, through God and by working um, on ourselves first. And so when we get to 10 through 12, it's a maintenance of my daily condition. That's what that is. It's a maintenance of my spiritual condition and my daily life. And that's the sweet dessert of helping others. Trust yeah. God, clean house, help others. That's such a powerful movement. And what if we adopted that? What if we all adopted that in our own recovery from sin? We're not just talking about addiction. We're talking Mm -hmm. about our shared recovery from sin that Jesus Mm -hmm. offers us. This is, this is powerful, Carter. And I, I want to tell you what I'm, what I'm learning from you as we make this journey. Uh, First of all, your addiction or your sin Mm-hmm. It's flashier than mine, okay? It is. Right. Uh, it has more <clears throat> noticeable consequences. But your sin is no different than my sin mm-hmm. in that it is what? Sin. It's mm-hmm. all just sin. God does not have levels or categories of sin. It's all just mm-hmm. sin. It is that fundamental brokenness that Jesus is so desperate to heal within all of us. Now, because my sin is more socially acceptable, and it is more socially acceptable, it is much easier for me to just pull the curtain over my sin. I can do mm-hmm. that, and I do that every day. Just pull that curtain over the sin and pretend that all is well. In the meantime, that brokenness just festers. It festers, and it surprises me sometimes. I'm talking about me now, not Carter. It surprises me with, with outbursts of anger, or resentment, or even Mm -hmm. despair and hopelessness, I blame it on a thousand different things. I blame it on everybody and everything but myself. I I try to fix it with exercise, with food, with uh, binge-watching documentaries on Netflix. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else does that. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Mm -hmm. eventually I manage to suppress it again. I have a little prayer, and I get back to work, leveraging my endless capacity to pretend that all is well. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, all is not well. The truth is, I need Jesus just as desperately today as I did the first moment I ever met Jesus because I am still on this journey. I'm still celebrating the joys of God's unfolding salvation, and I'm still mourning the depth of my sin, which the Holy Spirit is still uncovering. 
you, Carter, are teaching us what it means to actually live that reality. You know what it is to live at the ragged edge of faithfulness, to be so desperate for the healing which God offers that you will actually be honest about your brokenness rather than to sit back and embrace it because it is comfortable and easy. I thank you for that. Thank you. I thank you for being willing to share that with us. The Lord invites all of us into life with him that transforms, renews, restores, heals, forgives a life that is marked not by perfection. It's not marked by perfection, but by love, grace, and an endless hope that God is making all things new. Even you, even me, even all of us here together, we're talking about a way of life. Our hearts have come alive to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now the Holy Spirit would like to infuse and empower every aspect of life. Now the one who made us, God, can more fully use us to make a positive difference in this world in the name and spirit of Jesus. That is what I think it is to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, Ephesians 4. We know who we are, we know whose we are, and now we know what we're supposed to be doing. I'd like to live like that from now on. Maybe we can help each other Amen. with that. Trust God, clean house, help others. Would you say that with me? Trust, Trust God, God, clean, clean house, house, help, help others. others. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Carter and his story and for how you're at work in his life and in ours too. Lord, we celebrate the gift of recovery. We pray your blessing on Carter and his family. We pray your blessing on each of us here as we seek to understand what it is, what it is to be made whole. And Lord, if there be folks here today who are ready to make that first step into recovery from anything, whether it be some type of addiction or this sense of sin that we find still clinging so tightly to us, Lord, help us just to reach out and find the help that we need in and through your Son, Jesus. We give you thanks that you are indeed making all of us well. Amen. Amen. 